Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, and along with my co-host, Jack Humphrey, we are the co-founders of TheLeveragists.com and Divizio.com, the all-new affiliate network for companies doing good. And we have a longtime friend on the show with us today that I know you guys are going to learn so much from. His name is Armin Morin, and I'm going to let Armin do a little bit better job than I could on telling you a little bit more about who he is and what he's got going on right now. Armin, you want to share a little bit about who you are? Absolutely. Well, thank you, Gina, for having me on the show. I know we're going to have a lot of fun today, but I know some people may have heard of me. Some people may not, and that's okay. Well, I want to tell everyone is that, you know, what you need to know about me is just a few things. Number one, I have been marketing online since 1996. And since that time, I've had the pleasure and honor of literally teaching hundreds of thousands of people how to build an online business successfully. But what really pertains to this particular show is the fact that I have leveraged my business in ways that a lot of people thought were impossible. And let me just give one amazing example, I think, that a lot of people still have yet to figure out. And that is, uh, during the last 20 years that I've been doing this, it sounds like a long time once I say that out loud, but uh, during the last 20-plus years that I've been doing this, uh, my companies have done over $200 million in online sales. Now, what's interesting about that is that as I've seen other friends of mine build their businesses and, and have a, uh, just tons and tons of staff that, have, uh, you know, that they've hired and fired and hired and fired again, again and again and again, uh, I actually have currently right now working with me, myself, my wife who runs the back end. I have one person that helps me with web things. I have another operations manager and I have another person that helps us with customer service. So in total, at this particular point on a daily basis, we have five people only working for my entire company. And, and that's it. I mean, when you're talking about wow. leveraging, yeah, I mean, when you're talking about leveraging your business, I mean, I think we're kind of the epitome of being able to do that. And, uh, and then, you know, those are some of the things I think we can talk about today, which really, I think will affect a lot of people listening to this. I totally agree. And Jack, I know you're going to want to ask Armin your favorite question to get the ball rolling. I'm just excited. I really literally didn't know who was coming on today until I heard your <laughs> voice. <laughs> hey, that man, how funny. you doing? Good. How are you doing? I am great. It's going to be a great day. This is fun. But yes, I have to ask you the question we ask everyone. Nobody gets out of it. Even the most highly leveraged guys have to answer it. We know a little bit more now about, well, there's so much history. 20 years is a long time. My God, it's hard to even say those two, <laughs> that number. But uh, we know a little bit about you. But what is the thing that you're really excited about today? What gets you out of bed these days with a fire burning in your belly? About your business or anything else? Yeah, I mean, I think what is what gets me excited today, I mean, we it, it's always something new. I think what happens with most people is that their business, that they get bored with their business before anyone else does, where I think I'm kind of the opposite in that respect, where I, I always have to have something new that I'm working on, but still working on the same idea or subject. And so right now, as you, you guys may know, uh, in my past, I have developed a lot of software and uh, we have a new project that we've just uh, recently been building that I've been working on for the last uh, almost 12 months, which is uh, this, it's a website building software, which is really kind of cool that I think we have a unique spin on it. And that gets me excited every day because where I'm always finding something new to do, to do with that. I'm always finding a new way to spin that. I'm finding a new way to market that that's uh, a little bit different, I think, than other people. And I think what excites me is trying to, in, in a nutshell, change the game a little bit. And, and I think that the people that win in business and at marketing and certainly in life are the people that changes the game just a little bit. 
to make a little bit better for everybody else. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I'm really eager to find out more and have everybody else hear what, uh, what could possibly be new in the website building space? I thought WordPress was going to be the end all and forever and would never be usurped or nobody would ever find cause, although I have found thousands of causes to be very upset with WordPress <laughs> over the years. Uh, right. But what's new there? What, what can be done? How is that world changing? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, I think WordPress is great. In fact, we built this platform on top of WordPress to be, you know, to be honest with you. But what made it different mm -hmm. is that if you look at the average person, I mean, if I went to the average Joe on the street, uh, and first of all, again, for everyone that doesn't know, I mean, literally 25% of the whole internet is using WordPress. So it's not going away anytime soon. Right. And one of the reasons is because it's, it's free. But uh, on top of that, though, is that when you look at the average person saying, I want to build a website, they don't know what a WordPress theme is. They, if they do, they don't know how to customize it to make it look the way that they want. And in the end, they just get really frustrated and, and also very intimidated in, in a couple seconds. And we've seen different web page builders that have come out on the scene over the course of the last few years, and some have gone on to become extremely, extremely popular. Um, and so our take on it was, well, what makes it different and how can we look at this differently? And for me, it was in stages. I developed a WordPress theme that I thought was going to do it and where it was a drag and drop theme, meaning that uh, if you look at a WordPress website or any website for that matter, there's certain st elements, right? There's, a, there's what I call a hero image. Mm -hmm. There's an introduction. <laughs> there's your features and benefits. There's all these different things. But again, the average person doesn't know what these things are. So that's the first step. Um, and so when I created this theme, again, people didn't understand it because there was still a little bit too complicated pieces to it. So what we did is we actually went through and we researched every popular website that existed out there. Meaning if it was selling and selling well, I looked at the website, analyzed all the different elements on the page, and we categorized, for example, all the best header or hero graphics or images that were there. And then we took all the introductions and we categorized that. And then we took all the features and benefits. Then we took all the different sections that a person would have, the guarantees and all of that. And we categorized them and we replicated the idea behind each one of those. So for example, uh, when we go to make a website, all you do is you kind of click a drop down menu and you select the, the hero section that you want and you drag it onto the page. And then you drag the features and benefits and then you drag your bullet list then you drag your guarantee and then you drag your order section and then all you have to do is change the text because the design is already done for you so the part that most people nice. don't get is i i think everyone can can kind of replace text i think if you can do that you're probably okay and i think that that's a basic thing that most people can do but they can't become designers and as we all know i mean as much as We'd, we'd want to say that it's all about the copy. It's, the fact is, is that nowadays design does play a major role in how a person views your company, your website, and whether they do business with you or not. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's not a lot of people alive <laughs> uh, that would think that you could go and categorize what's working on the internet today and just go do that. And I think that I actually know where that comes from. When we started, there weren't as many sites and there weren't as many people doing many, many, many different things as there are now. Sure. And we used to do that. I remember you used to do that long, long ago. And we're like, oh yeah, yeah he went out and checked the internet. And it was no big deal because the internet wasn't nearly as big as it is now and diverse with all the different approaches to presenting and publishing and all that kind of stuff that we have today. Even though a lot of it is based on WordPress, there's a wide, wide variety of things that can be done. And there's everybody's asking people to be geeks, right? To, you know, yeah. pretty much to this day, somebody looks at doing something on the web and we pretty much, you know, developers and people still seem to, they're like, we came out with an easier way. It's still Chinese to these guys. It's still really hard. Right. But, you know, relative to where we started, yeah, it's easier. And I've been waiting for people to really just go, let's just make it really drop dead simple. Like we keep saying in our copy, but it's not really true. It's only relative to how hard it used to be that it's Correct. easier, but it's still not nearly easy enough. And it sounds like that's what you're getting at here. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, what what we looked at was, um, you know, I think there are places where you can go. So, for example, um, I went through literally screenshots uh, of about 7,000 different websites to, to initially kick this off and, and looked at wow. the design, the layout to see what I liked and what I did. And from that 7,000, I took about 500 of those and then explored those particular websites a little bit further and then narrowed it down even further from that as uh, each step along the way. And then uh, what, what makes this easier today is that you have sites that categorize websites and, uh, according to how well they sell. So, for example, sites like ClickBank and JVZoo and all these other you know, different directories that uh, are ranking sites according to how many sales that they get. So you have an idea, but then there's also a matter of opinion and then there's also a matter of uh, artistic uh, viewpoint, I guess you could say, uh, because it does mm-hmm. have to look decent as well, too. Yeah. You know, there's something about uh, the, way that you, the, the way that you introduced yourself and talked about leverage, and, and it's just been a trait that is yours. Like if somebody were to ask me who's super leveraged and who's doing it the right way and smart and everything, you're really at the top of that list. And it's not a really long uh, thank you. list that I keep. And, but you've always been really, like, you've gone to conferences, and we've seen each other at conferences I don't know how many times, sure. and you've had conferences, you held the big seminar, all that stuff. And there yeah. were people in the audience that were proud of having these giant operations. And I always right. was like, that sounds like it sucks. Why is he so happy, or she, for saying, yeah. You know, for having a big staff, it was a status symbol. It was a Lamborghini in the room. You had to park your Lamborghini outside, but you could bring your bragging rights about having 75 people on staff inside. And that's what people did when they couldn't show you their car. That's Yeah. I mean, mean, that's so true. Absolutely. I mean, there's people that we all know on, on, on this call right now that have hired and built teams, just like you said, up to 75, 80 people, wore it like a badge of honor, only to, uh, within six months or to a year later, have to fire the vast majority of those people. And then they kind of lay low for a, a year or two years, and they hire 75, 80 people again. And then they lay low for a couple of years and fire everybody. And, and it kind of goes in the circle. And, and it, it, it was just kind of a crazy scenario. And, and I'll tell you, the, 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 where I learned it from, because I think you obviously can learn from other people's mistakes. And, and one of those people is a friend of mine, you, you guys know him, is Mark Joyner. Um, way mm-hmm. back, back in the beginning of time, at the beginning of the internet, Mark had this big company <laughs> and he had a, a boatload of people. I mean, he was doing well. He was one of the first guys to actually go out there and sell a massive amount of eBooks out there. And he had copywriters. I mean, some of the best copywriters out there and he had the design teams and all these great things. And he built a huge company only to basically have to get rid of all those people. And that, and that when I saw that, when I, when I saw that happen, I'm thinking, I, I don't want that. I, I don't want to have to fire people or anything like that. And yeah. then the other question I, I've always had when you have that many people is, what do they do all day? <laughs> what, what do right. they do? I have no idea. I mean, how many people can you have working on a website? I mean, it's not that complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, I learned from somebody, you know, before the internet really took off, MC Hammer. <laughs> yeah. Remember his yeah. huge posse? He he hired all yep. these people. His payroll was like hundreds of thousands of dollars a month to yeah. have all these people around him. And he was supposed to be, he was the biggest thing in the world yep. at the time. He was, the, everybody had the weird pants on. Everybody was doing the dance. He was on the radio. Remember radio? All the time. Yep. God, I feel old. Uh, and he was invincible. He should have been making enough money to, if he wanted to, have a $10 million house and have that huge posse. Right. And when I saw that that wasn't enough for him to sustain that as the number one superstar on the whole planet, I knew that there was no way once I saw people trying to do that on the Internet, there was no way they could sustain it. They weren't making the kind of money MC Hammer was, and they still had right. 70 well, people on staff. Here's here's a great example. I mean, here's a great example of the exact opposite of that. And this and this is for, through some from someone in the music industry that had you know gone to the top and you know came back down again. And that's Chuck Berry. So Chuck mm-hmm. Berry again, everyone knows her of Johnny Be Good and all these classic rock and roll hits. Uh, so Chuck Berry, uh, I, I saw him in 1995. I was in Biloxi, Mississippi, 
And uh, I was talking to a person that was running the casino where he was actually appearing that night. And what they told me was how he comes in. He says before he gets there, uh, he sends a CD to the place where he's going to play with Chuck Berry's greatest hits. And he tells the house band to memorize it and play it exactly like it is on the CD. And then he shows up, and uh, this is all he walks in with. He walks in with a guitar in one hand, and he unpacks his guitar, and he plugs it into the house, and he starts playing. That's it. And, uh, and the only thing he asks is that he get paid before he starts playing. And cash, mind you. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's very important, to- actually. Very important. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so you I mean you have a guy with the exact opposite, doesn't have a posse, drives himself to the show, pulls out his guitar, starts playing, and then leaves. Done. And, uh, and, then you, you know, and we've even seen that scenario, and you've seen it, Jack, I mean, and, and Gina as well. I mean, you guys have all seen this scenario where, where marketers have taken that same posse effect where they come in as a speaker at a seminar, and they, they have their own little posse with them um, to, I, don't, I have no idea to do what, but they bring their, their friends with them, and they pay for all their plane flights and everything to get there, and they might have three, four, five people around them. So I think what happens is you get that rock and roll syndrome that people have uh, sometimes in, in any industry, let's put it that way. Forevermore, I will dub Armin the Chuck Berry of Internet Marketers. For this day <laughs> you forward, you shall be known to me as that. That sums <laughs> you up in a nutshell. That's exactly the kind of thing you would do if you were Chuck Berry. If you were doing that thing, I totally picture you with your CD and pre-prep and just coming in and plugging in your guitar and leaving. And I, Yes, yes, I love that. And I love that you're on the show <laughs> to teach others that that kind of thing is possible and that's what people should be doing. A lot it more is of. possible, you know, and that and that's the thing is that um, as we all know, leveraging your your business is what the ideal situation is. It's it's not it's not how many people that you have working for you. It's the for many people, I think it's the lifestyle that you create. And you got to think about this: is what are you what are you work, doing all this for? Is it to manage a massive group of people? Is it to create an income and right. a lifestyle that you've always dreamed? Is it to create a legacy? And and I I, I get that everyone's a little bit different as to what they, their wants and desires and things of that nature. But um, you, know, you, have to, you have to think about what is all this for and, 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 and utilize that as your guideline in order to, to get where you want to be. You know, the business model has a lot to do with this too, I think. And that is if people expect you, if you expect people to look at you in a certain light, if you're a big superstar or whatever, if that's the way you're building yourself yeah. out, big guru, whatever – then you, yeah. you might be forgiven for thinking you have to have a big posse so that you can demonstrate to people that you are that yeah. successful. Is there anything to yeah. that? Yeah, you know, I, I've always found, I've met a lot of very, very wealthy people, you know, through, throughout my life, and, and I've always found out that the m- most wealthy people really are the most quiet people, typically. Um, they usually don't talk about it as much. They might say one or two things. I mean, um, but typically what they'll do is they'll try to keep most of it to themselves for the most part. Um, and and they, they don't have a, a massive display of wealth. I'll, I'll never forget this story. My my mom and dad, when I was growing up, they were uh, involved in Amway. And uh, so I grew up actually with a lot of those people hearing a lot of these different stories about different leaders in Amway. And one of them happens to be Dexter Yeager, and uh, Dexter Yeager, who is the number one distributor in Amway, makes uh, at that time back then, he probably makes more today, but at that time back then, I think it was like every 18 hours, he made a million dollars. So very, very significant income, of course. So that, that's kind of crazy. But now here's the thing, is that uh, the story is, is that he went to this big, big business meeting for uh, his business and um, you know, he shows up in a, in, in a track suit, you know, basically a sweatpants and a sweatshirt. And the other person that he was meeting, uh, showed up in a, you know, again, a very relaxed outfit as well too. And all the people that he brought with them, his diamonds and the business all wore suits, you know, dressed to the hilt. And, uh, when he met with this other person that he was doing business with, he said, you can send your help home because he didn't think that they were part of uh, the actual business deal. Uh, but that's, that's just kind of the point is that, you know, it, they got to the point where they really didn't care anymore about the outward appearance. It was just, I am who I am. And, and I think that that's a natural scenario that people go through. I mean, I'll tell you what, when I first started and wanted to make money, I had two things I only wanted. 
I, I wanted I wanted a BMW and I wanted a Rolex watch. Those are the two things I wanted. Because when I was a kid, yeah. those were the signs of wealth. I mean, I did get the BMW. I did get the Rolex watch. And I'll tell you the funny story. I gave away the BMW. And oddly enough, I can't find my Rolex watch. It's somewhere in my house, and I have no idea where it is. <laughs> because it just doesn't It is really strange. Right. Like, it doesn't. And, it, and some people are, I think, no to all of that stuff from the very beginning now. I feel... I want this to be true. I don't know if it's true, but I'm seeing some examples of younger folks coming in and and older folks eschewing this stuff, but that just comes with wisdom. I'm not as impressed with the fact that you lost your Rolex because it doesn't mean anything anymore because you've lived enough life to know what yeah. really matters now. But, but what's really right. more exciting to me is that younger people are eschewing this stuff from the very get-go. I hope. Right. I mean, I see examples. Maybe I'm trying to, maybe I'm in a bubble, but I want that to be true because they're yeah, really see, just wanting experiences now is what I'm hearing and feeling yeah, out I, there. I, I see that. And, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 want, I read a lot of our, I, I follow a lot of people on YouTube and some of the people that I follow lately, uh, because I find it fascinating and interesting, are these young people living out of vans. They, they yes, convert a van, van life. Oh man, I love watching this stuff, and uh, I think, and you know, in in so many ways, I am envious of these people because yes. they they are we are brothers. So, <laughs> I know it's just like they're so free, and they just roam around, and it's like it's like an adventure. You don't even know where you're going to sleep that night, and you're you're driving around, you're working out of your van, and and I and I you know I try to get my wife. I'm like, oh come on, we could just. At least try it. Let's just go across country. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> just she's rent like, one for a minute. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no. <laughs> I got to jump too. in but, here for a minute, guys. Yeah. I, I think Armin may remember this, but I actually lived 10 years in my RV, no home base whatsoever. And we planned yeah. where we were going to go yeah. by one of two things. A, what event did we want to go to? Were we going to go to a big seminar or something else? And B, where did we want to eat dinner? So Mm -hmm. we actually (laughs) have driven as far as 400 miles each way just to go to a specific place we wanted to go to for dinner. You talk about (laughs) a freeing lifestyle. Now, I wish I could say that I knew in advance that this was going to be a tremendous freeing experience. The only yeah. reason I started doing it was because my doctors gave me 12 to 18 months to live, and I wanted to see the country before it was time to die. So we right, started right. doing this. And six months later, when I had a miracle and completely recovered, I was already hooked. I'm like, I'm not going home now. Now let the fun begin. <laughs> so I've lived it. But, but- it is a fabulous thing. Can't say enough great things about it. And lots of opportunities for leverage, even in life. You know, literally less than, I would say about a month ago. About a month ago, I was having this conversation with my wife. And, and I was probably watching someone, one of these van people or something like that. And, and, I, and I said to her, uh, this honest God truth, I said, I said, you know, we, we just need to live more. I said, you know, we work a lot. We work a lot, mm-hmm. but we really need to live more. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, I, said, I want to see more things. I, you know, I, I've been in the yeah. inside of hotels. I've been on the inside of hotels all over the world. And, and the funny part is that's all I've seen. I've been to Japan from the airport. Yeah. I've, been to, I've been to all these different places, but it's like I'd never really seen these different places. And I, I'm not even talking about roaming around the whole world. I mean, Literally jumping in a van, jumping in an RV, just like Gina did, and and traveling around the United States because there's so many places in the U.S. that we that we could be able to see. And but the beautiful part about the, having a business on the internet is that I wouldn't miss a beat as long as I have an internet right. connection. As long as I have an internet connection and a phone, and uh, I'm good. I mean, I can pretty much do yep. most of my the things I want to do, um, you know, for that. Uh, it's kind of funny. It's like the talk to someone and plan that trip, Armin. You know how to reach me. I know. I know. I'm going to have to. <laughs> well, we, you know, the situation, present situation, is kind of calling everyone's bluff. 
It's like, all right, we are at the point in time that all of you said, man, I wish one day I'd be able to do that day's today. That day's actually yep. been here for quite a while. And sure. and it's really calling our bluff. It's like saying, hey, do you really want to do this or not? Or have you turtled up in a house? Kind of like I have. I feel like, you know, I've got yeah. this big turtle shell on me and I got to move. I can't yeah. move this around. It's too big of a shell for me to move around. <laughs> right. And, you know, and then you have kids and they're in school and you want to keep that stable and uh, lots of things happened that made it so I, I didn't even notice how much I was pinning myself down. I wouldn't change anything. I love my kid, right. And, right. and I love our life. But, man, we must be hitting the same channels on YouTube all the time. I bet we're watching I videos at so. the same time. Because <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm really you know, into what, that right now. But there, but there is something to say for what you're talking about, though. And that is, you know, you talked about, you know, building, you know, this, this turtle shell and thing. It, it, what, it, what I look at it as is kind of like building your own ecosphere, so to say, right? You're, you're mm-hmm. building your, your own environment inside your home. I mean, um, you, you know, I've been on this kick lately, and that is if I need something, especially for business, it's like I need to get it. You know, I need to I need to get this because it's going to make my life easier. It's going to make my life better. And and we're just building out these little things like, you know, like, uh, you know, we have uh, two or three different sets for for doing video now that we're building. I'm, I'm actually building. A, oh, you guys are going to love this uh, today. Uh, literally uh, in about two hours, we're putting it up. Uh, we're building a video wall. Um, I actually. What? Yeah, I actually, I, I have this idea. I want to build a video wall for in back of me like they have in the newsrooms. And I, I think it would be, be kind of this great effect, right? So I went down to the store. Yes, you're going to laugh. I went down to the store yesterday and I bought four 55-inch 4K televisions. And nice. I'm, I'm putting them all together to create this 100 inch wall 100 inch wide and 58 inch high wall and it's all going to be connected into one screen and and that's going to be where i'm going to do my if you want to call it podcast news shows whatever you want to call them you you know what i mean yeah 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 i mean you just cnnified your uh your house and then in wild that we can do that i mean that used to cost you know those TVs are nothing now. They used to all cost yeah. about four or five thousand dollars when they came out. Yeah. Now they're practically I giving them the, away like candy. I we have all the technology. On, think about this. I got this on clearance, right? I waited for a sale, of course, right? I, I got it on clearance for four four K televisions, and the t- grand total, including tax, was seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah. So you can't <laughs> go wrong with that. So, uh, but, but I remember but when I remember was, when uh, gurus were coming out with um, writable walls, and everybody was just like, yeah. "I got to get one." Of, and the stuff, the material that you make that out of was actually really expensive at the time. I was like, "I don't yeah, want to, yeah. I don't want to deal with that." And then, and what am you, I going to write? None of us ever thought about it when when it happened. We just wanted it. And then I thought, yeah. I just took a little step further and thought about what the hell am I going to do with that other than write faces on it and things when I'm bored. Yeah. And then I didn't get one. And I'm so glad I didn't get one. But a video you know, wall I actually, now, I think I would like that. Yeah, I mean, the video wall, I mean, what I looked at was, is that, um, okay, so here's a strategy, okay? So um, here's a strategy for everyone. And this is, my, this is my social media strategy in a nutshell. Um, the reason why I wanted the video wall so much was because my vision for this year for my social media strategy is that I can't do social media like a lot of other people do. Um, it's just not for me. I, I, I'm not one to post on Facebook. I'm not one to do a lot of these other things that other people would do. So what I had to do is I had to think and think and think, what would be a social, strat- social media strategy that I could do? Well, the one thing I, I don't mind doing is talking. So I said, well, and then the other thing I'm like, okay, well, not just talking, um, how about doing video? And then I started thinking about this. And so my idea, the reason why I wanted this video wall was to have a different display in back of me for each individual, if you want to call it show that I would do. So my ultimate dream Mm -hmm. is to be able to do a new show, a different show every day. So uh, even if it's for 15 or 20 minutes, but that background would change 
according to the show that I'm doing. So it would be a complete rebranding on a daily basis. And honestly, it's really just either another video in the background or just another image in the background displayed on a big old wall, right? But but that's the reason why I wanted yeah. it. Is is for me that was my social media strategy. That is that's not was it, it is my social media strategy that I plan on uh, you know releasing. Hopefully, well, hopefully if everything goes well this week. <laughs> awesome! What a timely you know event to be able to go out and talk to people the week that you're doing something. That's perfect. This has got to be a coincidence. <laughs> right, but but you know but you know the th- interesting part about that is uh, in the lesson I think for everyone is is that social media in itself, I mean, I think we all know that it's, it's here in some way, shape, or form, but what you have to figure out is how is it going to work for you in a way that is not going to be a hindrance to you, but yet still being able to get the benefit right. from it. Does that make – you see what I mean? Or painful. Yeah, like this is, yes. if you're sitting down and doing what you, you saw somebody else do and you think that's one of your only limited set of options and you don't like any of them, but you've decided right. the lesser of evils, you're not going to have a successful anything. Like you just right. won't. I've never seen anybody be able to sustain pushing through and that hardcore grinding 10x crap, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. That sounds really good on social media. It does not translate in real life. If you feel like that about the way you're doing it, you're yep. you're already almost on your way out. You have to love. Yeah. And what you're saying is that there's a lot more options for people. They need to continue to explore if they haven't found their thing, right? Yeah, it's just going to be comfortable for you, and that's all that matters. I'll never forget uh, when Twitter first came out, um, you know, and this is the way I still am about Twitter. The only time I post something to Twitter is if I have something to say, and that's typically here's a new product I released. That's pretty much my posts on Twitter. But but uh, a guy oh, that's a big I, social media faux pas. There, you're making a huge mistake, according to all the social media experts out there. Well, you're well, you're supposed to eighty twenty it or something. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's what a guy uh, that I know, uh, and you guys, you guys may may know him, is named Miguel Alvarez. He's an old school copywriter, right? And yep, uh, just Miguel, talk to him today. He, he posted on Twitter. He said he said exactly this word for word. I don't think Armin Morin knows how to use Twitter. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, I thought that was I, I laughed so hard because it's like, well, I don't know if I know how to use it. I know how to post it. That's all that really matters. And and but at that <laughs> point, it, it just kind of became apparent that. You know, some people think that maybe there's only one way to do this or there's a, a certain method that is right and a certain method that's wrong. And I think once people get over the fact that there is no right or no wrong, it's just whatever is best for you. I think that's when people kind of make that breakthrough uh, in how to use social media. Do you ever advise people when they're when they're talking to you about their business or, or whatever to, to do anything in the – like – it's hard to say because as soon as I say it, it becomes a process. But to deprocess everything and stop thinking so tactically about every single little move and decision and just kind of free flow. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. something that because uh, people just hear what is supposed to happen. They read a couple of right. books, they see a couple of videos, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, this is how things are done," and I need to fit into this. How do you get people, or how how would you coach people? to let go and just be aware of all the tools so, that are out there as, as you are and just go. So the, the questions, I mean, I make people question a lot of things. And one of the things that I have them do is I, uh, as I actually have them, I, I ask them the one simple question that I think we, we, may, we may have never thought of. And that is, why do they tie their shoes the way they tie their shoes? And hmm. what, now, when you think about it, uh, I know the reason I tie my shoes the way I tie them is because my older brother taught me to tie them that way. That is the only way I know how to do it. Does that mean it's the right way? No. I mean, I think some of us have maybe seen videos, <laughs> viral videos, that, saying that this way to tie your shoes is a whole lot faster, but will probably never change just because that's the way we've always tied our shoes. So the question is why? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the first question is why is it, are you doing it the way you're doing it? And typically the reasons that most people have is because that's the way it's always been done. That's the way it's always been done. Therefore, I'm going to do it that way as well too. But then the question is why? Why am I doing it? And does it even make sense for you? So the first question is why. The second question is, does it make sense for you to do it? But where I bring people back to reality is to start thinking in terms of steps. 
there's a phrase that I've used uh, for years and years and years, and that is, what is the next logical step? It's not emotional, it's logical. You're at this stage in your business. I just uh, came up with an idea. I just built a website. Now, what is the next logical step? Maybe it's traffic for my website. Okay, well, how are you going to get that traffic and what method of traffic is going to be best for you? It's not Facebook. For example, I mean, a lot of people immediately want to jump on Facebook and start buying ads on Facebook. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, let me give you an example. I have a student that is in the stock market, the stock industry, uh, and teaching Mm -hmm. people how to trade. And Facebook does not have a category that he can go after. So him advertising on Facebook is just going to be a a stab in the dark. It's not going to work for him. Um, And he's tried it, and sure enough, it doesn't work for him. So the, the idea that people have is just generic mentality that this works for other people, therefore it can work for me. And I think they have to kind of sit back and find out, is this true or is this not true? And, I, and I, exactly what you were saying is it, just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean that you have to do it too. But again, the question is, do we have to question reality or at least what we perceive to be reality, whether to advertise on Facebook, whether to do this or whether to do that. The question is, why are you doing it? And does it make sense for you to even do it? It's like, uh, here's, a, here's a classic one. Uh, do you have a blog on your website? And the answer, probably 80% of the time, is most people shouldn't have a blog because they don't like yep. writing. So why have somebody... But everybody did because they... Yeah, right. everybody did it because everybody was doing it. Right, exactly. And, then, and that's the reason, that, but that's the logic behind it. When, when we actually stop and think for a moment... That, that this is not something maybe we should do, it, it releases. It's like a burden that's just been taken off your shoulders. Like, oh, thank God I don't have to write blog stuff because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. And I don't like writing and all these other different things. And, you know, so I, it's, it's, I think it's that. You have to question everything that's out there. And I think questioning is good. Well, and at one point there was a really legit, and I was part of this whole reason that everybody's got to, freaking blog and they don't know what to do with it but there was a point where even people who didn't like to write the reward for doing it was so great that a lot of people did it anyway but and so then we have this huge legacy of hundreds of thousands of blogs that are out there a lot of them have dates on their last posts that are like 10 years old but that was about when it was really in its sweet spot and the risk reward was so perfect but, but then that, it started yeah, to go away, and nowadays it's totally legitimate to question whether or not, because you're going to work your ass off if you're going to start oh, a yeah. blog today, because it's hard. But, you don't get the results you used to. But the, but the reward is, is there, because if you, you know, if, you can, if you understand the concepts of, and I think SEO optimization, for me, I, I, I think it's easier today than it has been in the past, as long as you don't do stupid stuff. Um, but I, I think the reward of having it is good. I think, I think it's great that a person, I, you know, technically if you said, here's the things that you should do, I would, I would put a blog up there definitely. Um, because I think that yeah. has huge rewards if, if you can, because you're, you're driving that traffic from you. You're being the first person out there. You're, you're having that authority built on your site. There's just so many different reasons to do it. Um, and, and I, and, and also the, for the reason that no one else is doing it or not as many people are doing it anymore. Because it's hard. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, Absolutely. I used to, I, I should have trademarked it. I don't know why it would matter, but I, I did post and rank technology. I just started, in, mm-hmm. you know, I, not technology, but training and stuff. And I was just telling people, yeah, yeah. I, I know how to post and rank because I was posting and the next day I'd be in the top five. And, right. and people wanted to know how to do that. And I'm like, it's really easy. All you got to do is write. And do it this yeah. way. And then a lot of people just started dropping off like flies. Like, oh, writing. Well, I don't be rich that bad. <laughs> I don't want that <laughs> right. much, you know, traffic yeah. that bad. So, right. yeah, but it's always been an issue. Whatever's harder to make. Like, you're entering a realm where it's a very, very thin air up there. Having a video wall and setting out a on a model yeah. of having a different show a day and all that stuff, that is really, really hard. That takes blogging and makes it look like child's play. But it's what it, you it, love it, to do. And I, would, I was going to yeah. introduce you as one of the hardest workers out there, but I didn't want people to misinterpret that to say that you have to work really hard to do what you do. You work yeah. really hard and you don't even notice it. You've always been somebody who's very yeah. passionate about what you do. 
And on the outside, you look like you're working hard. Yeah. But like, why are you writing your own damn copy? Why are you doing all this stuff? I've yeah. always, like, I'm, you know, playing the antagonist to your story throughout our history together. And I'm, and right. I'm thinking, man, that's a legitimate question. Why is this guy doing that? He should have 70 staff people doing this stuff. But you right. have always, always come back with, I love what I do, and I'd be doing this do. anyway. And and it's not a whether or not I can hire somebody to do this stuff, but I love doing it, and I want my hands in it, and it's my voice, and I care that much. You've always had yeah, the I mean, same answer over all these years. Yeah, and you know, and I would tell you the exact same thing today. I mean, let me give you an example. Uh, last night, I went to bed at about three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Um, I got up this morning at nine o'clock. Um, which is usually about an hour later than I normally wake up. Usually I'm up about eight typically, but I woke up at nine today and uh, start all over again. And, and, you know, it's not that I'm working hard, just like you said. Um, I, I'm just doing the things that I want to do that I, that I love to do. And yeah, I know it, it, for some people think that they have this vision that you're like, just have your head down and you're working all this time. Well, we all know we screw yeah. around half the time while we're working anyway. And anyone that right. has any kind of sense of realization, knowing I'm, you know, I'm getting up, I'm doing whatever, I'm going outside, I'm going downstairs, and then I'll come shopping back and I'll shopping for TVs. Yeah, I'll go out shopping for TVs and things like that. <laughs> and uh, now I got to put them all together. I mean, it's, now it's a pain in the butt, but. But, you know, all those different things that, you know, and last night while I was working, I was working on a new website that we have that we're getting ready to launch. You know, it's a new seminar that we're doing and all this other good stuff. And, uh, you know, putting all that together to make sure that it, you know, looks the way you want. And, yeah, I could get other people, just like you said, to do it. But, number one, I actually like doing web stuff. I actually like doing graphics. I actually like, to a certain degree, writing copy. And the other thing is, is that, uh, you know, I think I can actually do it better and faster than other people. The question I always ask myself, and I think that question that most people need to ask themselves, is am I the best person in this situation to do this job? And if the answer is no, then get someone else to do it. But if you're the best person yeah. that you can think of in order to get do this job, then yeah, you can do it. And, and you don't mind it. If you hate it, for example, if it was something else and I hated it like customer service, then yeah, I'm going to have someone else do that. Right. I'm not going to, because I, I just, I don't like it. I don't have the patience for it. And uh, I'll help answer the questions, of course, but uh, I'd rather have someone else deal with that. Sometimes the biggest leverage you can apply is just knowing what you're good at going over the principles you've been talking about today and being really honest with yourself and can exactly. save you millions of headaches down the road, just crazy amounts of headaches. <laughs> yeah. So it, I you mean, have like to, a lot of people are really, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I said, you have to have that come to Jesus meeting with yourself and be absolutely yeah. honest and realize, you know, your strengths and, and your weaknesses. And uh, I know my weaknesses follow up. If you send me an email and ask me to reply, you might be waiting a while. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, I like the way people are coming online now, younger people are coming on and they've been soaking in this stuff since they were born. Right. So there was right. no, when we came on, it's like, Hey, there's no internet or not really anything you can do business on. And then there was, and we had right. that, that really crucial moment in time that there was a before and an after. And we were always really hyper aware of it. In fact, we're drawing attention to it today. A couple of millennials sure. having the same conversation wouldn't even have brought this up. So, right. like, they've been soaking in, and I love to watch them get online and just do something fan-freaking-tastic. And I know they haven't taken one of your courses, and they haven't done yeah. anything with me, and they don't know anything about the way things used to be or that they're doing according to, you know, uh, uh, the way everybody's doing everything, five or six things completely wrong, and they turn into big YouTube stars, or they turn into really big – uh, you know, content marketers of some sort or big, you know, guru-esque people. And, but the only thing that they have going for them is they're not intimidated by anything. They don't get hung up on technology because there's just, it's just like using your fingers to them. You know, you just pick it up. What the hell's wrong with all you old people? But, right. And then they just go out and they just do. And they're leading completely with their passion. And it's really strange because it's like it's watching somebody do something we would have done too if we would have just come up later and not being aware of all that stuff that everybody does and how everybody does it is their biggest asset. Well, you know, that's a, I was watching this, um, 
person. I, I forget even get the topic they were doing, but all they had, uh, they didn't have, they didn't have a website. Uh, they only had social media channels. They had, I believe it was YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, they might have had a Twitter account. But that's their whole business. They, if you if you look yeah. at the about section of any one of those, it linked to the other. So, for example, their YouTube account linked to their Instagram account. Their Instagram account linked back to their Facebook account. And their Facebook account linked to you know some of the others. But but here was the interesting part about this: they had this massive following. And when I say massive following, I'm talking. I believe the numbers were some like six or seven hundred thousand people following them. So anytime they posted something, they were yeah. getting you know thousands and thousands of views. But all they did was every once in a while do a promotion about a new product that they released. And here's a great guy. There's this guy. His name's uh, Niall Wilson, and he's a UK gymnastic. He's on their Olympic team, and I follow him all the time because he's hilarious. He's funny. Uh, he has this great YouTube channel. And uh, um, but here's the thing. He He's, again, a gymnastics. He does YouTube full-time. Uh, he has a boatload of people following him. And so what he did is he created this small membership site. It's a small membership site teaching people how to get in shape. He's a gymnastics. He's, you know, he's ripped you know, you know, all, you know, all around. And, uh, but he has this yeah. tiny you know, membership site for like 10 or 20 bucks uh, a month that teaches people how to get in shape. And his viral content of his YouTube channel uh, just it goes out there crazy, and it's it's amazing. I think he's got, uh, I want to say, set like maybe seven hundred thousand. I, I could be wrong, but I think around seven hundred thousand people following him uh, on 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 YouTube, and then plus whatever else. And he just comes out with crazy Eight, stuff. Eight hundred and twenty-six thousand right now. Eight hundred twenty-six. There it is. I mean, and he's got you know yeah. that channel. He has a, a channel with his father as well that has another who knows how many people. It's just crazy. But the guy's funny. He's in, it's enjoyment. I watch it just because I think it's hilarious. And uh, but he's uh, promotes stuff every now and then. And he's and he's always promoting his t-shirts. His sweatshirts. I'm actually when when I'm I'm doing an event in the UK in the fall, and I'm actually trying to get him to speak at my event uh, because uh, wow. I think he has a great. I just think he has a great story, and plus he's a, an amazing athlete as well too. Yeah. So what about people? So immediately, I'm I'm hearing the little shrieks in the minds of people who are listening right now. Oh no, not another person who's comfortable being in front of the camera, who yeah. who who. Is is everything that this guy is? What about the majority of people? I really do feel like it. It has to be the majority, or nobody'd be watching each other's channels if everybody, right. was, <laughs> you know, on YouTube. It's like, so how do the, how do you make people feel? Okay, but that's a cool example, really cool example. Yeah. But how do I sure. fit into that? Like, what are they? Are they doing anything I should know about that I could get something from without being ripped and on camera and funny, and and having yeah. all of those subscribers? Because I'm not that person, and I think a lot of people aren't. Yeah, I think one of the key, I mean, I, I'll tell you his key to success is consistency. That's the first thing. So I think with YouTube, I think the key, is, I, I've, I've sat and I've literally analyzed probably for the last 18 months or so, all these different YouTube channels um, uh, again and again. And what I do is I, I look at it and I try to crack the code, right? I think we, we all do mm -hmm. that to a certain degree. But when, yeah. I, when you look at it, I go back and I look at, okay, when did the person post? And meaning how many times a week did they post or maybe how many times a month did they post? And everybody's a little bit different. You'll have successful channels that are posting once or twice a month. And then you have other people that are posting multiple times a week. I mean, let me give you another example. I mean, Grant Cardone uh, posts uh, every day. Um, and uh, he has a show that he does every day. And then, you know, it's a great example of that. Um, other people post like once a week and they have, they put all their efforts into one show once a week. But again, one of the things that you said is that not everyone likes to be in front of a camera. And, and I think that's a very valid response. So how do you do it? How do you utilize YouTube if you don't like being in front of the camera? And that is this, it's, it's simple things like tutorials. Um, oddly enough, tutorials are a great thing that you can use. Uh, and when I say screen capture, you know, when I, when I say tutorials, it could be a screen yeah. capture tutorial on how to do something, how to look up something. It could be utilizing a tutorial with a PowerPoint. It could be something like that where you don't have to be in front of the camera. Or I know this one channel, they got a boatload of people following them. And what they use is they, they make these explainer type videos uh, that you can do now with, you know, software that's like called, you know, I use Doodly now. 
uh, to to make these those little hand drawn videos, and uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. inexpensive. I mean, so you can make these yourself, and it, it it's not as hard as it once was when they when they first came out. So you can use things like that. So anything that's not uh, you in front of the camera, again, PowerPoint, a hand drawn video. Um, or, um, you know, a, a tutorial, a screenshot, screen sharing, anything like that you can utilize and you can post to YouTube and it will get the same effect as it would if you were a personality, meaning your picture in front of the camera. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people, I've seen some people be completely terrified of doing the full on, on camera thing, but they'll just use uh screencast, something a lot of them do it. Even Camtasia does it. We'll put you in a little corner of the video, and that all of a sudden made them more comfortable. But technically, yeah. they're just smaller. And then the, the, just because the focus is on what they're showing on the screen and not necessarily always them, it just totally changed their world. So it's not, you know, I don't think that's for everybody, but I've, I've watched yeah. several people become comfortable with something they were terrified of just in the fact that they'd only be in the bottom corner. And sometimes they can take themselves completely off, but they did allow some of their personality to shine through. Their facial yep. expressions are there, and a lot of things that are really important for the success of a channel sometimes. And uh, and it, it got comfortable for them. You don't have to go all the way well, to total well, slides know, and stuff sometimes. He, here's, a, here's a great example. I mean, most people probably won't believe this, but it's true. Um, I am basically an introvert. I mean, there, there's absolutely no way around it. I'm going to tell you right now. Now, I've learned to overcome certain aspects to make me or allow me to be in front of people and to take on, if you want to call it, uh, a different personality in front of a camera almost to a certain degree. Um, but when I first went to – when I first went to – I only went to one year of college. When I went to college, I, I literally was so shy I would walk on the other side of the road if a person was on the same side of the road as me. Um, I would cross the street. I mean, I was actually that shy. I actually walked, uh, I had to walk to the store and, um, it was the store I had to go to was about three or four miles away. And the reason I walked there was because I was too shy to use public transportation. Um, now the reason I'm saying this to everyone is that, uh, is that even though uh, I had that shyness, now I'm not that shy anymore. I'll go up and talk to people and things of that nature, but I'm still technically an introvert in many ways. So I don't like talking to going up to strangers in public unless I, it's in a business environment and I know what I'm talking about. Right. But uh, yeah. the point is, is that I was slowly able to overcome uh, certain, you know, aspects of my personality in order to change myself. And, and in many ways, I think for the better to allow me to, to do the things that I wanted to do. Cause I knew if I wanted to do this, I had to speak in public. If I wanted to do this, I had to get in front of a camera. And, uh, so what people see now, which I may look maybe comfortable in front of a camera, it wasn't always like that. It was a slow progression that happened. And I think that's the unfair advantage that people have is that what you see today, whether these people on YouTube or someone else, that they see the end result, the polished result that they see now, but what they don't see is the, you know, the awkwardness in the beginning. They don't see the mistakes yeah. that were made behind the scenes. Uh, you know, for example, I mean, I might do a video. Uh, you don't see all the outtakes where there's a lot of words that I don't normally use in public. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to see outtakes. By the way, I'm pitching for, I, I'm putting in my vote for outtakes in whatever you're getting ready to do. <laughs> Because I freaking love yeah. outtakes. I will go and find the outtakes of one of my favorite movies as soon as they come out. It's one of my favorite oh, things yeah. to watch. Oh, yeah, you, get a lot of, you get a lot of people doing that. If you can do the ones that, uh, you know, don't completely go- make people go, what the hell, Armin's a maniac or whatever. Yeah, mine, <laughs> yeah, mine, mine, mine would just be one giant beep. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of cool. One outtake video that's pretty much just beep. <laughs> yes, you can get away with that once. <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. Well, so what do people need to know about how, I mean, if there's anybody here who, who maybe fell out of step with you or yeah. has never heard of you for some reason, sure. what do they need to know about you? Where do they need to go, especially about this new project you're working on with the, the web yeah. builder, things like that? Give us some details. Yeah, well, we're, we're getting, we got a couple different things that are happening and uh, some things I think are pretty cool. Uh, this, this new web builder is called Pageable. 
Um, we're in the process of getting ready to release that out to the public, hopefully in the next 30 days, maybe a little bit longer. It's when I feel comfortable. I've, you know, I've had people on the system for over a year now, and um, you know, we want to make sure it's right because the last thing I want to mess with is a person's website. Um, so if you're interested in that, you can just go to pageable.com and you, know, you can kind of opt in for the pre-release when we actually get ready to release it. But one of the other things that we're getting ready to do is, this is something I know Gina earlier had mentioned, big seminar. We're actually getting ready to put a whole new seminar together. And we're actually getting Ooh. ready, hopefully in the next day or so, is to getting ready to launch, launch it. And it's called Complete. Uh, we call, it's actually called CompleteSeminar.com. And uh, so the Complete Seminar is what we've seen lately, and, 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 and I think you, you guys will agree with me, is that a lot of the seminars out there have gotten kind of outrageous. And what I mean is, is like, you know, for example, Ryan and Russell, Ryan Dice and Russell Brunson, I mean, they've had some great events, huge, massive, you know, 3,000, 6,000 people, where I think you kind of, at a certain point, my whole take on this is that you kind of take the individual out of the seminar. It's your, at what point do you just become a number um, in the crowd yeah. where it's not individual anymore, where the things that we used to do when I had the big seminar were things like meals and things like getting people together and actually having organized networking and a lot of these things that we, we did in the past, um, we don't see that anymore. And so our vision was to kind of bring back that idea in capping it though. We're, we're capping it at a certain number of people and actually our cap for this event is actually going to be at 1,200 people. That's the maximum number of people that we're going to have at this event. Um, and, uh, so we're getting ready to launch it out there. We got some great people speaking there. I got some people that people wouldn't even expect to be seeing speaking there. Um, it, it's just kind of an interesting concept that we're putting together. And again, we call it complete seminar and, uh, it's just entirely different than what people have. And we're, I'm putting the finishing touches on the website later on today, um, and adding some of the other speakers that we have. And, uh, it's, it's just kind of interesting. And one of the things that we're actually doing at that event is we're, uh, we're actually doing something different because, uh, one of the things I've been doing for the last couple of years, I've actually been taking all my coaching students on a cruise um, every year. So what I'm doing mm -hmm. at this event is I'm actually giving away a cruise for people to actually come on vacation with me. So it'll actually be kind of nice. Cool. So, so we're going to have yeah. a lot of fun. We're bringing in entertainment. We're having casino night at the event where I'm actually kicking everyone out on Saturday night where we're flipping the whole room because we're actually holding it in Las Vegas but I'm flipping the whole room over and we're bringing in a casino that you're going to have what I call Armin dollars. And you can actually play with this fake money and then we're going to auction off a bunch of stuff at the end of the night and it's going to be kind of cool. Um, but we got some great people speaking. We got Mari Smith speaking. We got a friend of mine named John Lee from the UK coming in. Another friend of mine, uh, Vincent Tan, who's been around in a long time, uh, but he's going to yeah. be teaching people how to how to, uh, he's doing something different. I just spoke at an event with him uh, two weeks ago and he's actually teaching people how to take their idea. Listen to this, how to take their idea and actually getting financing for their idea before they even build it. And he's, and he's doing this with average people, not your geeks, wow. average people showing them how to get funding that I honestly, truly never thought would have been possible, but he's, teaching them some incredible things. We've got Jason Katzen back from uh, amazing.com that's going to be there. And I've got a couple other people I haven't added to the site yet, uh, but we're going to be kind of doing this on a release and we're hopefully getting ready to release over the course of the next few days. Uh, and it's just going to be kind of amazing. We're just kind of bringing uh, one of the things I, I was writing some notes yesterday and, and, and one of the notes I wrote was, is that we're putting the you back in seminars. And, and, and I think that's what we really want to do. We want to make it more personable. We want to bring back what I believe, what, what my vision of a seminar actually is, uh, and getting down to the actual teaching something, uh, getting down to where it's not just a bunch of people and you're just another number in the crowd, but you're an actual person that actually matters, uh, and uh, along with some great information from some amazing people. Awesome. You're even on Eventbrite. What the heck? That's oh, awesome. Man, I'm yeah. just looking through a yeah, complete seminar. You can find it all over the place. Uh, that's yeah. awesome, Armin. I, I'm really glad that you, if anybody's going to be able to bring back that experience that I think a lot of us really miss and when we all yeah. started to drop out of going to a lot of events was yeah. when the era that you were very, very much a part of came very much to an end where all the personality and all the 
the stuff we liked about it got sucked out of it. And it was like, why am I paying so much both in time and money and everything else to come to a thing that it just didn't have that thing. If anybody can bring that back, it's you. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what really spawned this was that a lot of people came back from some, some events and they had posted some things up on Facebook uh, I think Michael Fortin had posted something and other people posted something. And one of the common things mm-hmm. that people started messaging me was, and yeah, you, you saw the post. I know you, I know you saw that post um, was, uh, yeah. you know, when are you going to bring back big seminar? That was the question. When are you going to bring it back? And, and the answer is I'm not. And, you know, I think time has gone on. And so we came up with this whole idea uh, with complete, complete seminar. And, uh, and, uh, and that's what we're going to do. So it's, I'm excited about it. I'm pumped. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. We got so many things that we're going to add to it. And, uh, and we're just taking it back uh, old school to go forward. Yeah, it's kind of like getting the band back together. I can't wait to see you and Fortin doing cari- really bad karaoke together again. This, oh, this is one man. of my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I wonder if he's still got his chops. <laughs> he does. He well, does. Armin, thank you so much for taking the time for uh, for being on the show today. I had no idea. What a great surprise, and I love catching up, and you're welcome back here anytime. Sounds great. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. I had a lot of fun. Got a chance to catch up with both of you, and and uh, you know I'm uh, you know just excited. So again, thanks again for having me. Thanks, Armin. And we will be back same time, same place next week, guys. Go check out Complete Seminar. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.